Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Twist, Turns, and One-Liners. I am Colton, your host this week, uh, going on a solo adventure to talk about the 2008 movie Taken. Uh, 2009, 2008, 2009. Um, starring Liam Neeson. Uh, this one was a pretty quick choice. I was kind of scoping out the the movie shelf on what to kind of do for this uh, solo outing for this odd week, and uh, I saw my uh, saw my Taken franchise little box set, and decided, you know what, it's been a while since I've since I've watched this, so let's let's do it. Why not? Um, and uh, I gotta say, um, the thoughts I had prior to revisiting this still remain. Uh, of the three movies, this one's probably the best one, and it's the kind of it's the movie that you know that set Liam Neeson on this like action like this like action trajectory um action movie trajectory that I don't think he would have been on otherwise and with a couple exceptions I think it's probably the best of that the um the best of that run Again, like I said, there's probably some exceptions to that, but at any rate, um, this one was really big. Uh, I remember, let's see, I was probably freshman in high school, maybe, when this came out, something like that, somewhere around there, um, and it blew up, super popular, right? Um, and it's pretty straightforward premise, um, but it's got that um, memorable beginning, but... Uh, get to that in a second he uh you know i think obviously hopefully by uh listening to this you've seen it or at least are considering watching it soon but um his uh liam neeson's he's this he's this like ex-cia guy he um his like his daughter wants to go on a trip and him and his wife are separated and his his daughter wants to go on this trip. He's hesitant to allow it, but they're like, oh, come on, what's the worst that can happen? And human trafficking, that's the worst that can happen. And it does happen. So she goes on this trip literally day one within the first day of them getting there. They mess up and take a stranger right to where they're going to be staying, tell this stranger that they're going to be there alone. She doesn't check in properly. All these, the, the kind of stars align, and as she's about to be taken is when she is on the phone with her father, and he delivers the um, awesome little monologue, um, you know, uh, I will find you and I will kill you with his particular set of skills. But um, I think... Again, it's it's fun it's fun going back and watching this um just after after seeing so many other so many other movies of this type that spawned since then. Um not that there weren't movies like it before, but just the ones that have come after where they ha they keep doing this thing where they take well-established or well-known actors, regardless of their age, and just throw them into these action movies. And sometimes it's believable, sometimes it's definitely not. I think this, part of the reason why this one... It, well, part of the reason this one is the best one 
um, of the Taken movies, at least, is that it's still somewhat believable uh, in terms of Liam Neeson's capabilities. I think he was in his like up like mid to upper fifties when uh, when he was in this. So I mean, it's not totally above the realm of logic that he would be able to go around and kick this much ass. But at the same time, there's only, I think that it it can only go so far when you have like the idea of, you know, just because somebody's young and strong and fast doesn't mean they have all the, the technical skill to fight and do this and do that. And like, for sure, that's true. But at the same time, like some of the people whose ass is he's totally kicking, it's a little, a little out there, I think. But it's easy enough to suspend the disbelief, especially in this movie. Um, but I mean, I'm scrolling through his credits just to see. So this was 2009-ish, I think. Uh, beginning of 2009, I think, is when it came out in the U.S. because it originally released in France. So then three years later is the second one. By then he's like 59, 60. And then the third one. Where's the third one? The third one is 2014. So, I mean, he's in his 60s, still running around kicking kicking a bunch of ass. It's, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's like, it's this thing where I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that they caught lightning in a bottle with Taken. I think all the... I think all the everything worked out just perfectly in this in this particular instance. It's like I think it's a story that everybody it's a story that everybody can like I don't know if saying it this way is kind of weird, but it's a story everybody can get behind, right? Like the father rescuing daughter or father rescuing kid, regardless what it is, or parents rescuing kid, however it happens to be. And it's you know, like I said, it's. There isn't any part of it that's like outside the realm of possibility. Um, I, I going going into this movie again today, um, and coming into this podcast, I knew one of the th- one of the big things that was going to be on my mind for sure. Though is a hundred percent this, like I was just saying, this desire to put these older guys into these movies. And it's just, it's weird. I mean, I get it. I get it because uh, this same kind of movie, this same kind of movie with like maybe a younger, like younger cast in all directions where, you know, maybe the the daughter would have to be younger. Well, would not have to be, but for it to translate well on screen, the daughter would have to be quite a bit younger. And and with the main uh, person, I think Brian is his his character's name uh with him being younger as well like for that to show up correctly on screen obviously the gap or they have to shift everything in one direction quite a bit um but uh i don't think it works as well without without an, a recognizable name right and i, I it's kind of like a no duh kind of situation but there's been plenty of like you know one off action flicks with lesser known people maybe they had a big tv show or this or that but like there's there's quite a bit of disconnect between audiences there i think but 
it's kind of one of those weird, unfortunate things that create these situations. Like the one, the newest one that's come out recently that comes to mind, and I, I have to admit I haven't seen them, so this is probably a little bit unfair for me to say. But the Equalizer movies with uh, Denzel Washington, like, oh, just come off to me as kind of like, I don't know, just kind of again, I. I'm I'm going in. I'm unsure where, how, when, or how I'll have to suspend disbelief, but I know it's going to have to happen. Because I mean, there's just when you have these other people, just because they aren't like like the, when the bad guys are like again these young, strong, fast people who uh, like just because they aren't like don't have all this like crazy training uh, in you know spycraft and obviously uh, there's some hand-to-hand stuff going on but it's always like i don't know it's obviously with action movies you can't have particular particularly um efficient or prepared bad guys um because you know the bad guy in the end pretty much has to lose right the good guy has to triumph but I think there's, I think it's done best and it's most believable when it's like the, when both parties are definitely kicking the crap out of each other. Like the biggest hit that uh, Brian takes in this movie is right, is towards the end when he's chasing down the boat and he drops down onto the boat and he starts limping the whole time. Um, I suppose just before then when he's fighting the person in the auction booth too, uh, he gets a couple, you know, cuts in with the knife and things like that. but. It's there isn't a, ever a moment where you feel like, ooh, excuse me. There isn't ever a moment where you feel like he's going to lose throughout this whole thing, and that takes away some of the some of the like suspense or like thrill to it. I think um, there's movies that do it well where you're really not sure what is going to happen. Um, off the top of my head, action movies there aren't any. Particular ones that come to mind specifically, but recently um, we watched uh, Last House on the Left, the 2009 remake. Like that, that's a movie where you're kind of like on edge the whole time because there's a lot of it's a completely different kind of movie. Like it, so that's it's not entirely fair to compare them. But in this movie, the 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 best parts I think to me are the ones where he's you know putting together all these pieces. That he has such a small amount of information, right? He gets the little bit from his daughter in the uh, when she, when they're on the phone, and then the buddy helps kind of decipher that information, and they're able to to you know pinpoint you know Marco from Tripoya, these Albanian guys. Like that's the those that's basically what he has to go off of and as he's you know getting into the getting into all this other information putting like again like i was saying uh, putting those pieces together i think that's where this movie's the best um they're like the scene when he when he basically is posing as that policeman or director of whatever um and he calls him out he goes hey my friend passed me this note like that whole thing um, that is probably the last, like, I guess, I don't know. That's probably the most believable situation 
where it's like it's tight and compact and everything's kind of just like a clusterfuck. So when it comes to the the fighting and everything that's happening in there, like you can buy it because it is chaotic enough. Same thing with like the earlier part when he's breaking the the other um kidnapped person out of that construction yard. Um it's it's not like it's not very technical. He just, you know, it's he kills the right guys at the right time and then is able to get out. I don't know, it's I don't I don't think it it's again, it's not so crazy, but it's definitely um I definitely stand by the fact that it's the best of the three taken movies and that after this point I think he should have moved away from not necessarily moved away, but all of all all the action movies he's in after this are kind of just rinse repeat, kind of the same general vibe. Um and it's just I think it's time uh I think it's time Liam Liam Neeson um starts to uh settle down a little bit. I think the last one I remember I'll just roll through is credits here. The last one I remember coming out, I guess I remember seeing a thing for Retribution, but I couldn't tell you what it was, what it was about. But um, Memory, Blacklight, The Ice Road, The Marksman, Honest Sleeve, those are all kind of the same kind of vibes. All within two, 2020 to 2022. Aren't, definitely aren't rated very favorably on IMDb, but it's just, I don't know. I think it's it's weird that the things that Hollywood latches onto to make movies like I'm not saying though any of those movies I named weren't um didn't do well cuz I don't know but um it's just again it's just an interesting thing to think about and see unfold um as far as as far as this one goes though I think um I think the best parts I think the best part of it is the fact that it just kind of came out of nowhere. The second one was if I'm remembering correctly was pretty okay, a good follow up, but they definitely didn't need 3. I remember when 3 was coming out everyone was like, "Really? There's going to be another one? Like what are we doing?" Um but and I think it's inevitable that when we talk about older dudes doing like doing these action movies. I think it's inevitable that Tom Cruise gets brought up, not just because it's me talking on this podcast where I always try to find a way to bring up Tom Cruise, but it, it's a totally different thing, right? You you see... When you see Liam Neeson in these movies and he's running around, it just it looks like he's an older dude, right? He's just the way he kind of... I don't know... It's not when he runs, it doesn't, it looks like he's struggling to run. Um, not in this, not again, this first one isn't so bad. Like I'm thinking specifically when he's running to the bridge, um, towards the end, but it's the same thing with, uh, Indiana Jones when they did the face or like the de-aging, but they had him act out certain parts. You can tell it's an old dude acting out some of the parts, right? I think that was I I I've only seen snippets of it, but that was one of the criticisms with um, the Irishman on Netflix was that um, they would de-age their faces, but they didn't do body doubles. 
So there's parts where, you know, they're supposed to be 20, 30 years old and they're just like their posture just screams old dude. And again, nothing against those guys and nothing against the, the, any of the movies that I've been talking about, but it's just, it's two totally different things, right? When somebody's able to do the thing and it's clear that they're doing the thing and then somebody isn't and they're being kind of spoon fed into like the situation or, or that's not the right way to say it. It's, it's very clear that the atmosphere is built around them being who they are um i think i I brought up tom cruise because obviously there's a lot of him doing his own stuff in those situations um it's clear that he's a very fit like healthy person but i think another um i think another uh situation of a older dude older guy doing something and it being believable would be John Wick, I think. Um, Not that Keanu Reeves is as old as Liam Neeson is now, but he's as old as he was when they were making the Taken movies, as old as Liam Neeson was when he was making those. And I think just the way they have Keanu Reeves move around in those movies, I'm mainly like, I mean, he's doing a lot of the stuff, right? But I'm sure Liam Neeson was doing a lot of the stuff, as, as much stuff as he could as well. But I just feel like it's a little bit more believable in with how John Wick works. That's not 100% of the time, though. There's times for sure where it seems like the bad guys are kind of sandbagging a little bit. Uh, just to make it work. And I think a lot of that is um, the choreography that happens. Because um, you see it not just when it's old older people doing these things, but you see it too in in other movies. Like the first one that comes to mind is, um, I think it's, is it uh, The Last Jedi? Star Wars The Last Jedi, I think. When... Kylo Ren and Rey are fighting together against the uh, what are they called the like Imperial Guard the Red Dudes um, there's parts of that like there's that that's just the freshest one in memory where you see during the fight scene you see the bad guys taking hits that aren't happening and they're just kind of randomly stumbling and falling around. But like it's I guess it's not it's not exactly fair to nitpick though like some of those things because I think in initially unless you're watching for it, the focus is elsewhere and it's not meant to draw attention. But I think nowadays a lot more people are looking for that sort of thing, so you have to be better with it and it has to like you have to do better. Um and this again, this is this isn't like a criticism of taken because I don't there wasn't ever a moment where I felt like that was the case specifically where like people were pulling looked like they were pulling punches or anything like that, but it was just the situations themselves seemed a little bit impractical, I guess, or not as likely, but I'd, at any rate, um I wish I wish we could see some more of these kinds of movies with um, kind of more more believable presentation. That's not the right word. Believable presentation isn't the right way to address it. But just, I think, more of these movies with younger talent. They don't need to be young, just younger. Like, you know, upper 50s. 
like what we can't find we can't find you know good enough uh good enough chops in 30 to you know mid 40 year olds that can i mean we okay that's a little that's a little disingenuous i guess too because there are movies that are coming out like that right the extraction movies um with chris hemsworth those are those are pretty entertaining um let's see what else like there's there's movies that are coming out with younger people that's i guess it's not it's not to say that they aren't but there was during the during the time with Taken, and then like it spawns Equalizer, and those are franchises that keep going because for some reason Hollywood feels the need to just keep doing franchise movies instead of new stuff. But then at the same time, I like I understand because people don't want to go see new stuff because there's this weird thing where, and I may or may not have talked about this on the podcast before, but I think it's understood that there's this weird weird thing where a large portion of audiences want to know exactly what they're getting into when they're going to go see a movie or they're going to rent a movie or buy a movie. Like they don't want, they don't want there to be any surprise, like, like surprises on the bad side, right? Everybody loves good surprises, but all it takes is one movie that has a shit surprise or shit change or something that's unexpected for the worst in the worst degree, right? That'll just totally ruin not just a movie, but going to movies in general for someone, right? So if somebody goes and sees a movie and something happens and it's and it ends up being a bad movie, what uh, objectively or subjectively it ends up being a bad movie, that person now is going to say like, oh, wow, I'm not going to go to the movies anymore. Like if they're somebody that doesn't go often and they get pulled in, that's where these like na- the names, you know, are what draw those people in. Like people see... I'll just keep using Liam Neeson. They see, oh, Liam Neeson's in this new action movie. We should go check that out. I know who that is. There's low risk that it's going to be a dud because I like X movie and Y movie, yada, yada. And it's just, it's a really, really shitty trap that makes it, that I think it just, it, it potentially you know, limits, well, it does, it does limit what potential original stuff we could end up seeing, right? Um, and I think, I think that's where, that's where some movies have worked really well on streamers. Um, extraction, I'll, I'll use that as a, as an example again with uh, Chris Hemsworth. That's a, a Netflix movie, right? And when that came out, I feel like that movie could have done well in theaters. Uh, Chris, Hem- when it came out, Chris Hemsworth is, had already made a name for himself, right? Uh, by then, he had been Thor for years, and it's not like he couldn't have drawn an audience. But obviously, it's a Netflix thing. Netflix wants people on Netflix, so that's kind of a that's a whole different thing. But um, it just. Um, some of those movies that are going straight to Netflix, I think would do good in theaters, but then other ones would do just cruddy for one reason or another. But I think just like the theaters, uh, Netflix knows, Netflix knows that when they're picking names and having, having them be at the front of these movies that they're going to, they're, they can expect a certain draw, right? Like all the projects they've done with Ryan Reynolds, um, and Dwayne Johnson and all that crap, all that crap, all those people, 
for sure are pulling in views like that. They are the reason that people are going to watch those movies because people feel like they can invest their time because those are like, you know, those A-list guys. I think um, somebody like, or a movie like uh, Nobody, I didn't end up, <laughs> again, this is probably unfair for me to use as an example, but uh, with Bob Odenkirk, like that was a movie, um, I think that kind of fits in the same kind of, uh, like genre, I guess, with Taken, where it's a little older guy, a little bit of an older guy. The idea, you know, is he used to be the guy, now he's not the guy anymore, but he has to be the guy once more, sort of a thing. I don't know. I don't know because I haven't seen it and I haven't looked it up, and I could look it up now. But I don't think that movie did um, particularly well. But that doesn't mean it did bad, right? I'll see if I can pull up pull up some numbers real quick but it's just i don't know it's it's one of those things it's it's tough it's tough because there's definitely i'm not trying to say there isn't a market for this stuff right because there definitely definitely is because if there wasn't they wouldn't make i uh, wouldn't make these kinds of movies right but i don't know it's just it's interesting what takes off and what they stick with and what doesn't uh, I can't think off the top of my head action movies that I've seen within these last like 10 years, 5 to 10 years, that maybe would have made fun franchises that didn't end up. I know a couple weeks ago we did Sahara um, with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Like that was based on a book from a book series. I feel like that something like that would have made for some really interesting sequels because you can get really... Because it's it's historical fiction, you can get a little bit interesting with the whole treasure hunt type stuff, you know. Uh, but then, I guess with that thought in mind, I guess you look at National Treasure, the first one of those everybody loves. And the second one, nobody nobody ever wants to watch the second one; they want to watch the first one. And so it's it's weird. It's I feel like it's one of those things where it's one of those things where Everybody wants, everybody thinks they want, or, you know, they want a sequel to something. When in reality, sometimes it just leaves a better, it's better to leave on on a high, right, than on a low. And that's the hardest part. Um, And the only time you get that is when there's, you know, the, the creatives behind it are adamant about not pushing for the next one, I suppose. Um, Yeah, it's a... an interesting cycle to think about at least but um i think in terms of action movies and action movies on this podcast it's kind of an interesting thing i should uh, these action thrillers like this it's it's funny i remember i remember back when what was it? i think it was it's a Liam Neeson movie. I think it was it was nonstop, nonstop, where he's he plays a uh, he plays an air marshal, and the plane gets hijacked, and obviously it's you know all about him saving the day, keeping the people from blowing up the plane, and yada yada yada. Right? I remember I went to this with a friend in theaters. It was. I don't. I don't remember. It was some rant. It was during the day. It was like, "Hey, you want to go pop over and see a movie?" So we pop over and see this one. I, th- I want. I think it was a summer movie. 
But um, at any rate, we're sitting there in the theater and the, you know, the opening like couple seconds of trailers or not trailers, but um, credits roll or whatever happens at the very beginning. I think he's he's sitting in his car having a drink from a flask or something and he heads over to the front and he's smoking out front of the airport and a guy comes up to him to bump a cigarette. It's moments like those in these movies where this is this is what I'm talking about when it comes to people want to know what they're getting into and when but at the same time they want to feel like they've figured something out because that's the moment where like you see that happen in a movie and you can pick out like a like I remember I I bumped my friend I'm like hey uh, that's the bad guy and it's like yeah no sh- like it's a no shit moment but when it happened like it's like a yeah uh it's a yeah no kidding but when it actually happens it's almost disappointing um at least for me like when you have when you have those things that are so easily telegraphed it makes it so much less interesting later on like you get uh, when they reveal who the hijackers are there's like a couple guys that they try to steer you towards like once they're on the plane but there's of the of the few guys they steer you towards or try to steer you away from that's the only recognizable actor within the first 15 minutes outside of Liam Neeson so clearly he's going to have something a bigger part a bigger role in this thing and it's a Liam Neeson movie so it's not like he's going to share the credit with another guy it's just it becomes it becomes difficult because there's no and I'm not saying you need to subvert expectations all the time it's just there's no creativity in the delivery I suppose with a lot of these um taken however little different the only the all the recognizable people in this movie are all on the you know all the the friends right the friends uh, the ex-wife, the daughter, the daughter's friend, like those are all the recognizable people. And it's clear that this is just a, you know, one man show, like from beginning to end, you know, that's what it's going to be. And and same thing with that other movie as well. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, it's just, just to tie it again, to continue to tie it back to that previous uh, chunk of conversation or uh, rant I was having about what people kind of, what it seems people want when they're going to these movies is I think somebody who doesn't see as many movies, they're able to pick up on those parts. Whether they're able to pick up on those parts, call out those things, make those guesses. And then when they're right, there's a pay that extra payoff for them. So having something telegraphed without them, you know, alluded to early on and then it allows the the viewer to kind of guess that right and have that gratification of guessing correctly but when you see you know a hundred of these movies all the time it's it's it becomes obvious that these aren't the movies at least for me that i want to spend a whole lot of time going and watching um just like specifically keeping on Liam Neeson I'm going through his filmography and the action movies he's been in um specifically talking action movies cuz there's some other stuff in here that I've seen and enjoyed the last one I remember seeing in theaters I think was Taken 3 it was I cuz I don't think I saw The Commuter 
We may, I think I may have seen it afterwards. But in terms of these kind of solo one-man army action movies or thriller movies, after that, I, I haven't even, I didn't even bother, didn't bother. It's, it just seems like, again, it's a whole rinse-repeat thing. But doesn't mean they're not fun, doesn't mean they can't be fun, fun to watch. Um, but as far as they go for Liam Neeson, I think uh, Taken will be kind of the one I go back to, if I go back to them at all. Um, again, this was, I obviously had them, I like I said, I, I picked them out from the shelf um, here at home, but... Um, I do uh I do think though that going back before going back before this point before taken obviously he was in Batman Begins and his part in that is great um but he has he has plenty of he has he shows up in plenty of you know very successful and popular things. It's not, again, this is not to say that uh, Liam Neeson is not the guy. Because he's for sure the guy. He's just not the CIA kick everybody's ass guy anymore. Right? So, I think what I'm going to do is I think in terms of this movie um, for our for our uh, segments that uh, Carla and I usually do, where we go through quotes and we go through our idea of maybe a spinoff or a kill-off kind of uh, vibes that we get throughout the movies. I think the quote here is the easiest, without a doubt, is the little monologue that he has on the phone, right? I'll see if I can pull it up quick. Yeah, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. But if you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have... Is a very particular set of skills, like that whole shenanigans. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and read the whole thing, but that, that's like th- that is this movie. That's the part that everybody remembers. Um, that's the. It's the part to remember because it's probably the most badass part of the movie, right? I would say the other, the other couple parts, um, and uh, I'll say the other, the other part that's in mind right now is. When he has him translate the paper and he tells him good luck and then he starts and then they start fighting. The reason why that part to me is funny is because they make fun of it on it's funny is because they make fun of it on Family Guy and that's the part that's what I always think about. Um is the Dracar Noir joke from Family Guy when they're making fun of Taken. But um At any rate, that's the that's for sure the quote. That's the quote of the movie. I don't think anybody would argue that there's a better one. But uh, I suppose if you if you do think there's a better one, feel free to feel free to let us know. But I'm pretty sure uh, I'm pretty sure everyone will, will agree on that one. Um, in terms of the whole our spinoff and kill off stuff, um, I'll start with kill off. Um, I think I think at the end, I think what I would change is with the ending there's so they go through the auction and he gets the guy to buy her and they're on the boat they're on the boat and the whole thing is the the chic or whatever i don't remember what they call him the the guy that's clearly the money behind this like particular you know group of people um i think his presence was kind of 
weird probably isn't the right word but felt felt a little forced and unnecessary i don't think it added anything uh, i mean i think i think it what it does so this this probably this isn't 100% i don't think i i i don't want to i don't want to say this too i don't want to allude to anything too strongly but it feels like it takes it takes everything that's happened and puts it on one person by introducing this guy. Whereas I think before that, not to say that it, it kind of absolves the people of everything because it shows him, because it definitely doesn't. You're, you're, you're always aware that it's all of these people that are involved in this, you know, horrible trafficking like scenario. But it just, it just felt his presence felt a little weird. I think just making it clear that it was, I mean, beyond the guy that's actually at the auction doing the, you know, doing the bidding, doing that stuff, outside of him being there, being that kind of rep, I guess, like, showing the guy is, like, it's, I don't know, I'm kind of grasping a little bit when it comes to finding something to get rid of, because much like some of the other movies that we've seen, this is, this or that we've used for the podcast, this one is pretty tight. There isn't a lot of slop. I think the the main bit of slop is... Uh, I guess that might be a better route to go is the whole daughter wants to be a singer thing like the like her aspirations and stuff I guess it it it's not like it cluttered up anything but it was and it obviously is the high note at the end like hey I saved you and guess what I'm also an awesome dad because I met this singer and I'm gonna hook you up and you know with and, but it makes sense getting him back in the game at the beginning, like to kind of show where he's at. Like it's giving you the background on exactly that he's good at the stuff that he's that he ends up having to do. Right, you kind of get that glimpse into his hand-to-hand combat, his situational awareness, all that, all that jazz. Um, but it didn't feel super necessary to do the whole uh, meet and greet thing. But um, in terms of spinoff. I think there could be like I think movies like this where it's a retired guy or a guy that's moved on from whatever the past experiences were that gave him the ability gave them the abilities that they have. I think if you to do spin-offs or like prequels would be kind of neat. Um where you have a young Brian and the and the young young versions of like the crew that he was hanging out with like doing some of the things that some I don't recall if they alluded to any particular thing in conversation um but just having like early early experiences that like maybe would I don't know just just be a, a different you know a different kind of just another different kind of action movie it'd be a way to tie it to it'd be a way to tie it to a franchise right so you can kind of get those loyal fans but it would also be you'd also be able to make it different different enough to be appealing as its own standalone thing um the be- the th- the franchise that does this best in my opinion right now is the conjuring franchise i've been talking about this quite a bit um just with other people but i think that's a franchise that does really well with its with how it does its spinoffs and its sequels, right? Because they're all they're all connected in some way, but the stories in and of themselves and the 
the kind of the main characters are different enough to where if you didn't know they were connected you would if you didn't already know like you you don't need to you don't need to see other conjuring movies to watch the two nun movies right you don't need to watch um you don't need to watch the conjuring movies to watch the annabelle movies for, for sure it's going to it's going to add some additional context especially with the first annabelle movie i suppose but it's not 100% necessary and it doesn't feel like they're leaning too heavily on the other ones to work right you know with the nun you get you get the you know the it's a prequel it's right it's a prequel for uh lorraine annabelle's the spinoff just you know with the doll that you got the backstory a brief backstory on in one of the other conjuring movies the long story short right it's you can have these things connected within the universe within a franchise without needing them to be the exact same movie all the time right you know taking one taking two and taking three how many different ways can somebody get taken and somebody have to go save them like it's it'd be one thing if they're different movies um which is a stupid thing to say but it's true like you it's you have to bring something different enough to make it to keep it interesting i think the biggest weakness with the taken taken movies is just the you know how much of this crap can this you know older gentleman take but um but yeah i think a prequel i think a prequel kind of spin-offy type thing it wouldn't it would be my version of um uh of, of a spin-off but uh but yeah i think um I think with that, that pretty much kind of sums up my thoughts around Taken. Obviously, um, I didn't go too deep into the movie itself. I don't think it. I don't think it requires it too much. It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty like I've been hammering away. Pretty cookie cutter action movie. Um, to summarize this entire thing, older older guys they can pull it off to a certain point, but at the same time, you, you should probably. Probably no one to stop, and it's not even necessarily their fault. It's just as much the studio's fault who keep forcing some of these things to keep going. But at any rate, uh, these solo episodes I've mentioned in previous um, versions of these, uh, they're going to be a little shorter, a little less tangents to go off on, a little fewer ideas to bounce off of back and forth. Um, but uh, for this one, uh, that's. All we have for today, uh, you can uh, let me know what you think about uh, the idea of these older action stars and maybe some of these forced franchises uh, in the comment section on our various social media um, pages, um, such as Instagram. You can find us at Twist Turns and One Liners, on Twitter at TTOLpod. Uh, we're on YouTube at Twist Turns and One Liners. Or uh, you can also email us at twistturnsoneliners at gmail.com. Uh, any kind of feedback is great. Um, on these solo episodes, on these every other episodes, I'm always looking for suggestions on what movies to use. Uh, so if there's anything you want to uh, maybe jog my brain with and um, potentially introduce me to or see me revisit, uh, those are some perfect suggestions. Um, 
every other week, Carla and I will spin a wheel to kind of determine what movie uh, she and I uh, watch and discuss. Uh, if you have any suggestions for what we put on the wheel, we're also very open to that. And uh, lastly, if you wouldn't mind, if you would take a few moments and and uh, give us a rating, review us on whatever pod class, podcasting <laughs> platform you choose, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, um, just give us a quick rate and um, know that uh, that kind of feedback is very, uh, very much appreciated. But uh, until next time, uh, that'll be it. See ya.